before we get started with today's show, I just wanted to congratulate the Bill Simmons podcast for winning 2017 People's Voice and Webby Awards in the Best Sports Podcast category. Thanks to everybody who supported us and everybody who voted. Welcome to the Masked Man Show, uh, airing from Parts Unknown right now. Chilling, how you doing? I'm good. I, I've never been to Parts Unknown. It's weird that the Ultimate Warrior stuff is a strewn about here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's cool to be in here. We are talking way quieter than we usually are. Yeah. Th- th- thankfully, there's volume controls, and we'll probably sound pretty normal. It's a little bit of background. Um, we are actually out doing... Um, uh, a really cool project that will hopefully see the light of day very soon. Totally wrestling related. And uh, um, uh, I guess what that means for people listening to this is almost nothing except that we just happen to be sitting in a giant empty warehouse as we're recording this. Yeah, so if you hear trains or a, f- a plane fly by or someone screaming, that's why. It's not because we're in a torture chamber. We're not in the house of horrors. No, we are not in the house of horrors. Although uh, we may be because I have no idea what this match is going to be. Um, quit, we're going to just get right to the meat, right right to the, the delicious, gooey filling. Payback preview, guys. This yeah. is not backlash. This is payback. Don't forget which pay-per-view this is. I will forget within five minutes. I know. I will correct you. Uh, I appreciate that. That's why you're here, and that's why we love you. Um, I, this card is, I mean, everything's kind of weird right now, right? I mean, they, the, the, the superstar shakeup, I think... All things considered, was a pretty was a, a great move. I, I like just about. I mean, at, with after having settled in for a couple of weeks, I like all the new matchups. But it is just super weird that we have this intermezzine time where we don't. We're like there's stars that are overlapping. I kind of wish there was more like that in general, but it just makes it a little bit more di- difficult to talk about. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you have SmackDown superstar Kevin Owens and SmackDown superstar Randy Orton on a ostensibly a Raw pay-per-view makes makes it a, a kind of a jumble in my mind. But at the same time, there is that sort of fun crossover, like an interleague baseball game where, you know, everything is up in the air, anything is possible, and you can't really predict the outcomes the way that you usually can. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've talked about it before, but, I, you know, I think there are old WWE creative people on the record saying that, the original brand split, you know, like one of the problems they had with it is that they would be running SmackDown pay-per-views and Vince McMahon would ask why John Cena wasn't on the card. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> right. it's to ha- the crossover is actually a, a, a positive as long as it doesn't steal time from somebody else who could be, you know, given a chance to grab that proverbial brass ring. Yeah. And this is also just sort of like a, you know, the reset button was hit and everything is kind of jumbled and, and, and confusing. But, uh, you know, by the time we get to... June, July, we're going to know where we're going for SummerSlam and then eventually WrestleMania. It is. I mean, it's like the, the road, like, you know, for years I would talk about that SummerSlam was smart mark WrestleMania, but it's it's a never-ending cycle now. The road to WrestleMania is four months long, and now we're right into the sort of like figuring out what's going to happen for SummerSlam. Did we do our SummerSlam prediction show yet? No, we'll next, have to do that Next later. week, we'll do yeah. it 100%. Um, Anyway, let's just get right into it, man. The uh, Payback pay-per-view. Did I say it correctly? Yes, it's Payback. This Sunday, um, emanating from the SAP Center in San Jose, California. One of the great, notorious wrestling venues of all time. There's like the Greensboro Coliseum <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the Sportatorium and then the SAP, the SAP uh, Center. Well, I believe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong... Yeah. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong with MSG. The, it's like the MSG's second tier. Is this isn't San Jose where Eddie won his first title? Is it? I think it is. I, I will be corrected on Twitter if I, it is not correct, but it was in California. You know, we, Sasha Banks would know the answer to that. I know. If only um, she was here right now. That would be that would be something, huh? Um, anyway, uh, the pre-show match is Enzo Amore and Big Cass versus Gallows and Anderson. A match we've seen many times now. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I want to see it again. Here's the thing. One good thing from Raw um, was I really loved seeing Gallows and Anderson with, uh, with Samoa Joe. Everybody talks about putting the club back together, doing whatever. Like, that would all be good and well. But I honestly think for a lot of these tag teams, just associating them with the right singles wrestler can make a big difference to how they're perceived, right? And... uh 
you know, Gallows and Anderson can be somebody's muscle for like two weeks, but it doesn't have to be a permanent storyline. You right. know, I mean, they, I, I, I like what I've seen from them over the past month or so. And um, I, I, for a pre-show match, I'm, this is great. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely going to have some heat because in zone cast, pop a crowd wherever they go. Um, people will be paying attention. It'll be fine for what it is. Both teams are, are, are good performers. I think that Enzo and Cass probably have to go over um, just to keep their momentum. They've been losing a lot recently. And I know there's there's a school of thought that says, well, they can lose because they're so over. But they're not going to stay over if they don't win matches. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that, the like, if I, if, if I had the book... Like, put this match on the main card and just say it's for the number one contender match for the tag team titles. Like, why not just make this? Because it's like, we got four teams, yep. you know? Like, it's we're going in circles. But, like, just make, them se- make it seem like it matters more. Anyway, what's your pick? I'm going with Zone Cass. All right. Mark I, it down. I respect that, man. I guess that's un- it's, a, it's a pre-show match. You get the crowd hype with the baby face win. Yeah. I'll go with that. That's totally fine. All right. Um... The House of Horrors match, the Tree House of Horrors match, oh, as man. I lovingly refer to it. Nobody wow. knows what this match is, or at least Randy Orton certainly doesn't know. His promo for the past two weeks is, I don't know what this match is. In kayfabe, even if you really hate somebody and want to punch them, wouldn't you want to kind of nail down the stipulations of the match before you sign the contract? A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, why is he agreeing to it? He's already beaten him. It's not for the title, correct? Yeah. The title was stolen by Jinder Mahal, so there's no belt. Well, it's it's a non-title match. There's and but the belt's not even going to be there. Physically. By the way, great way to keep. I, I actually really do appreciate. I love the Jinder Mahal push, in a very abstract way, and <laughs> and having him steal the belt is a really good look to keep him kind of on the forefront of people's minds. What if he might do a run in? Who knows? It's not my my ideal situation, but I'm not I'm not mad about it. It takes a lot to really make me angry about wrestling. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, it's just wrestling. Yeah. It's something I love, but it's not something that is going to engender a lot of hatred or anger in the way that it does for a lot of fans. So I, I don't mind Jinder Mahal being a part of this, but the jury is still out on whether or not it's going to work. Um, and the jury is certainly out on whether or not the House of Horrors match is going to be good. Because we don't know what it is. It's clearly going to be inspired in, on some level by the stuff they did at WrestleMania, which most fans, myself included, did not like yeah. in any way. Um, this is a do-over. I hope so. Don't you so. think? Doesn't this feel like the Mulligan match to you? Like, they're just, like, waiting. To, not Blackjack Mulligan, but, like, they're just, like, this is hope. This could be the match that they should have had at WrestleMania. Or it's going to be something that's supposed to be, like, well, as cool as that match was, this is going to be way cooler, and it's in the same vein and fans are going to shit on it again. So it's it's really, man, this is a, it's a gamble. It's a gamble to be doing this after they sort of didn't set the house on fire with that. Um, and I think you know Bray Wyatt really, really, really needs this to work because he's being built up as as a top heel on Raw. Um, he's coming off of a title reign that was a little short and a match at WrestleMania people didn't like. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a big moment for, for him specifically. So I, I, I hope because I love Bray Wyatt that this, this, this one works. Um, I think because it's a non-title match, we can guarantee that Bray is going to win. Well, he's whatever winning means in a match like this. Yeah. I mean, Orton is favored according to the betting line, but I, it's, I agree. The non-title match just seems like it really set up for Bray and Bray's, they've both already moved on to their next feuds, right? Bray popped up on Monday night raw. Um, to well, I guess to feud with. Well, it's not Jericho, then, right? It was. Wait, what was the main event? It was it was Miz versus Ambrose and Jericho. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I mean, so he might we, work with Ambrose again. Yeah, I think I think that's a safe. I mean, that would be a safe move. Or they're just waiting for for the right time to do him and Finn. But I feel like that's oh, yeah, a WrestleMania he was, he was, match. He has been teasing a thing with Finn, too. That just seems like something you you save. Oh, you can't save anything with Bray at this point. Just let him go out there and do it. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'll say it. Do it again. If I had the book, I would start off with, like, bugs projected into the ring. I would make this, like, the most silly, spooky match possible. And then they have that be Bray's mind game. Like, we're not, do- we're not doing silly anymore, and now I'm just going to hit you with this chair until you can't get up. I would love that. 
part of me thinks this is going to be uh, not dissimilar to the final deletion that they're going to try to do something like the the compound match that they did with the huh. new day that it's going to be filmed uh, ahead of time and then it's going to be a pre-tape and uh, then maybe it ends in the ring the same way that the uh, Hollywood backlot brawl ended in the ring at WrestleMania 12 where it's like partially pre-taped and partially a live match that's I would not I wouldn't be mad at that at all yeah I mean it better to do all of the spooky stuff ahead of time so that you're not killing the crowd and then you do your five minutes of high spots and then wrap it up. Yeah. Or maybe it's just like an actual haunted house and Randy Orton has to like just sit in a dark room being scared for like 45 minutes. <laughs> oh boy. That'd be great if like the show opened with him walking into the front door of a haunted house and then it, we would just cut there between every match to see what he's being scared by now. <laughs> this reminds me of, cause they just did a, a Halloween havoc on the Shivani podcast. Oh, really? Uh, and the, the, that Halloween Havoc opened with Tony Schiavone doing this, like, five to ten minute, like, sketch, basically, uh, where he's the in a haunted house and kids come to get candy from him on Halloween and he says he cooked his wife. <laughs> so maybe it's going to be like that. I don't know. That sounds terrible. Uh, well, I, we all expect this match to be terrible. Let's be I, real. I'm, I'm going to go the other way. I think it's going to be the best match of the night. Wow. This is, you got burned at WrestleMania when, when you I were. Know. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just like, I have constructed my, my concrete house on, uh, on Wyatt Island and, uh, <laughs> I will live there until I go underwater. Simmons told you it was not going to be good and you didn't listen. I know. I just can't, I can't give up now. All right. Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. This is going to be the match of the night, for it's real. It's so good. There are a lot of good matches on this card. I hope it's stiff. I hope that, um, you know, as stiff as it can be, considering Seth Rollins is still recovering from his injury. Um, and I hope Samoa Joe beats the crap out of him. Not because I don't like Seth Rollins, but because I think Samoa Joe needs a good, strong pay-per-view win. I don't think... Has he even worked a pay-per-view match since he's been in WWE? Samoa Joe? Yeah. Well, not oh, in, not NXT. Yeah, I mean, like in WWE. Uh, I don't recall him. Did he work with Sammy once? Either not. way, he hasn't had a signature match yet uh, in WWE. So, even though we've we've sort of set it up where we've got a big heel win in the non-title match, I want to say that you you got to have Seth Rollins do the honors here and put over the heel. Yeah, I. I don't know. I think you could wrestling logic this in any direction that you wanted to. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good match. And it'll be really interesting to see where they go with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we're, we're in the very sort of just hazy period. And like I said, we're, we're, they hit the brakes on WrestleMania, I feel like, more quickly than usual. Like, payback is not a lot of rematches. Some of the storylines carried over by it. I feel like we're already just sort of regrouping. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously the absence of... Not saying they would normally be around, but the sudden absence of Triple H and The Undertaker and now Roman Reigns has been out for a few weeks. Um, you know, John Cena wasn't on Raw, but still, I mean, there's a lot of just like big holes in the in the roster. So it does feel like a like a reboot, but I don't know exactly, you know, I don't even know exactly. Like, it seems like there's a lot of faces teaming up with other faces and heels teaming up with other heels, but it's not like we have a, like I was expecting there to be a, uh, a heel contingent, you know, with with Owens and Joe, and you know, it, that that didn't come to fruition. Yeah, they were so. they were definitely building towards there being a stable, and that just didn't happen. And uh, it's a bummer because I think it was something that a lot of fans wanted to see. Um, but it, in some ways, it feels like a lot of the results of these matches in the last couple of weeks don't matter. You know, you've got, and I, I hate to to bring up Jinder Mahal again, but. You have Jinder Mahal wrestling the equivalent of a squash match against Finn Balor on Raw on Monday night. And then on Tuesday night, he's the number one contender for the WWE Championship. So does any do any of these matches matter in the long-term storyline? <laughs> I don't know. So it, anyone could win Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe, and it, it really not affect the product that much. 
the answer is that he did, in fact, fight Sami Zayn at Fastlane. I thought so. Okay. Uh, it shows how good our wrestling memories are. It's been a long day, people listening to this. Also, I would just like to point out that the TNA section of Samoa Joe's Wikipedia page is about 30,000 words. So whoever whoever just wrote that novel, congratulations to you. And congratulations for watching all of that TNA stuff and keeping close track. It was Dixie Carter who wrote the <laughs> Dixie wrote Carter's the got some time on her hands. She does, She's actually. just <laughs> filling out Wikipedia pages right now. Um Let's see what else. I, we were skipping all over the place in terms of order. Neville versus Austin Aries for the cruiserweight title. This is a tough one because, like you said, wrestling logic dictates a certain thing, and that is that Austin Aries gets the belt. Sure. At the same time, I really don't see the, a reason to stunt Neville's momentum. He's the best thing in that division by far. Austin Aries is great. But there's no question in my mind that Neville is the most marketable, most complete character that they have. And sometimes the best way to build a division or to build a promotion or a territory or whatever is a strong heel champion. It's yeah. the Ric Flair effect. I, I, listen, I totally agree. And I think that would be great for the division. I, although I think I feel like we have... Um, you know, there's like we have another heel now waiting in the wings if Austin Aries wants ends up with the title. Uh, it's, it is. It's a, it's a weird division. It's sort of like, you know, where the women's division was a year ago, where it's like we need we you know if they're going to be running multiple storylines at the same time, then um, then yeah, maybe it's a good move to let to let Neville go off and do his own thing and let T.J. Perkins be the heel fighting for the title or whatever. Um, and also we got you know there's uh, we we have. Kalisto, who we'll talk more about later, who's now on Raw, presumably, you know, going to be having some matches with some cruiserweights at some point, right? Maybe. I mean, there uh, was no, there's no indication as of right now. There's no, but like, and also, and we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But if if Neville's a cruiserweight, then like, I feel like Apollo Cruz is a cruiserweight, right? Sure. So I mean, that that's I mean, maybe the move is like you let Neville drop the belt and may, and have like a non cruiserweight feud for a minute and then go back to the division, you know, just sort of like blur the lines a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to be excited for the match. I just think too much of Neville's gimmick now is based on being king of the cruiserweights and being the champion. Yeah. And to take the belt away from him and to put him into a storyline with anybody who's not a cruiserweight is going to take some of the now specialness you, about his gimmick away. That's probably true. And listen, if it were up to me, I would leave the belt on him. But, you, but you're right. Wrestling logic. You'd think that the, the babyface wins in the rematch, you know? Um all right. Your pick is who? I'm going to pick Neville. Oof. And with TJ Perkins helping him win. Yeah, that, that can make it Make Austin Aries keep chasing. Um, Austin Aries is great, but I don't think he's built to be that, that babyface underdog, you know? Like yeah. He's, he's more of a front runner, too. Yep. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. We could always the see The division it. has a lot of talent. Yeah. It could be a Sasha Banks-Charlotte situation where they just trade the belt back and forth. Um, I would be mad at that. Let them let them run it back as many times as possible. It, yeah, it, it's I mean, a fresh listen, thing. if they did that, if they if they put the belt, if yeah, if they did that, and I mean, they could have Neville win it back the next night on Raw. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? I'm gonna go with uh, Neville. T- should I pick Austin Aries just to go be contrary? I think you should. All right, Austin Aries. That's my pick. One of us will be right. Um, the Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. This is an interesting one, too, because they're teasing uh, Cesaro and Sheamus breaking up. And I think we're all in agreement, those of us in the WWE universe, that it's inevitable that the Hardy Boys are going to be broken in Mm -hmm. WWE. Uh, That they're building to that. That the fact that Matt continues to tease the broken gimmick on Twitter... Uh, leads me to believe that it's going to happen. We were, were, we tweet, were we texting about this? Somebody was asking me why, why they weren't doing the gimmick on Raw, but like that night, it was two weeks ago, like that night on Raw, like just the, the Hardy Boys photo that they put up on the screen when they're having the match has Jeff Hardy doing traditional Hardy gimmick pose, and Matt is like, is standing in the background with this goofy smile. Like he's clearly, he's angling for this thing. And if it's on the graphic, like WWE's is, you know, abiding by that to some extent yeah and you, you know? can't ignore the delete chance in the crowd you <coughs> no. just it would be foolish to say uh we'll just not we won't pay for this 
No, we're it's not. To, it's it. it's totally. I mean, if they, uh, you know, it's, it's bringing the Hardys back is not the same thing as bringing the Dudley Boys back. You know, the Dudley Boys come back for like, for, you know, just to do a new rendition of the same old hits. You know, I mean, this is this but is they could it, have done. The they could have done Bully Ray. It's true, but I mean, they just chose not to. But Bully had a really good run. You're right, and that and that was totally feasible. But like, it's the only reason the Hardys are coming back. I mean, may, maybe not. I'm, I'm they they had a great run and and there's a huge amount of nostalgia but man i mean matt just made himself into a guy that wwe had to have back it'd be crazy not to go down that path i mean yeah i i re-watched some of the old videos and it's just it's so compelling and so strange part of me doesn't want them to do it because do you want to see that you want to see vanguard one as an actual like robot instead of this, some cheap Do you want to see what Jeff Hardy's drum? front yard looks like now? Yes. I want to see if he's changed <laughs> his change his lawn mowing pattern. Like I definitely need to see this. <laughs> I just hope they do it right. But in the in the case of this match, I the Hardy boys still have a lot of um energy and, and, and momentum and heat to continue doing the nostalgia act for a while and to keep the belts. Cesaro and Sheamus seems like it's run its course. And especially after... Well, they just started dressing alike, though. I mean... That's when it's going to hurt the most, when they break up. Yeah. Um, man, those kilts will be in the WWE Hall of Fame whenever it gets built. <laughs> and a few years from now, kids will remember. No, they won't. They'll just be like, why are there... Oh, is that Rowdy Roddy Piper? Do you wear a black <laughs> black kilt? No. Um, no. Man, I, was, I just watched this old Saturday Night's main event, the one with Bob Wharton and Mr. T having the boxing match. And, man... Roddy Piper was a god. One of the best heels, if not the best heel of all time. Well, you know, you can, you can be a Flair guy, you can be a Piper guy, and both of those heel promos were amazing. But the heat that Piper got, it's, it's, it's on a level of, like, Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express and, like, causing people to want to riot. Because Piper would say things that just really were just mean. Yeah, really offensive stuff. Really offensive just really stuff. Really deeply offensive stuff. Yeah, he was remarkable. But yeah, no, it was a whole different thing. You hated Ric Flair because he was better than you, and you hated Piper because Piper really wanted you to hate him. He yep. did any everything in the, he could think of. Yep. Oh man. What a what a gifted man. When they fought, what was it was it in the was it in was it was it in the Pacific Northwest or was it I think it was just an NW. I think it was in Crockett. They had a, I, I, there's a, there's a great, there's just a great old studio show that's on, it must be on YouTube, probably on the network, um, where they go at it, and it's just, it was Roddy Piper, and he's wearing, like, the, the striped briefs. Oh, yeah. It's just a very weird moment in time, but, oh, man, those are just two deeply talented guys. Um, so, wait, Hardy Boys versus R and Sheamus, are you going with the Hardys? Yeah, I don't think it's time to take the belts off of them, and certainly not... Uh, by Cesaro and Sheamus. I think that the Hardy Boys could work a good program with Gals and Anderson. I'm so bummed that the Revival aren't going to be back for a while because that would have been really fun to see them work uh, together. But it's it's, true. there's just miles left Who in the Hardys. I mean, has the WWE had... I mean, everybody compares Enzo and Cass to the New Age Outlaws, right? But there's yeah. not... And, of course, like, the Revival or, like, the... Or like the brain busters. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that, and then I was like, no one really knows them as the brain busters, so we'll just call them Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. Well, I was a WWF kid growing up. I wasn't they were really there WWF. for like a week and a half. Like no, I'm just saying that's when I first got to okay. know them. But but so but like it, there's never been anybody like the Hardys. I mean, obviously there's the Young Bucks have never been in WWE, but they they have a little bit of that vibe. But who has WWE had anybody that you you would compare to the Hardy Boys in terms of their wrestling style or style their gimmick, and also just like popularity and like just anything gimmick, any of it. As a tag team, the Rockers were never on that level. They were the similar. Well, the Rockers are huge. But I'm talking about since then. Like, has there oh, been anybody the that's Hardys. come up through NXT that has any of that? A tag team? No. I mean, Enzo and Cass were the tag team from NXT in terms of just nuclear level heat and being yeah. that big. I and mean, people, I mean, American Alpha obviously has their forebear too. Like, every tag team seems to have a. Like a four, like a, like a forebear, right? Everybody, every tag team is based off the success of a previous tag team. Enzo and Cass are actually the least like the person, the team we're comparing them to, because they have a little bit of individuality or whatever. But yeah, and in terms of their just working style, you've got the big big guy who comes against the hot tag, and you got the little guy who plays Ricky Morton. The 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 Outlaws didn't have that relationship. Because they weren't natural tag team performers. In, in some sense, I mean, maybe it just shows how far the the company has come, or wrestling in general, but WWE has come. We're like, you know, 
WWE would have never looked at Jeff, the WWF would have never looked at Jeff Hardy and said, we're going to make him into a superstar. They yeah. just, like, these guys had to be a tag team because it was the only way to get him on TV. And they, I mean, what were they, didn't they start off as nuns or am I getting them confused with something no, else? No, that was a, that was a headbangers where the, um, Wait, who, what, what was the Hardy Boys first gimmick? Oh, I don't remember, but they, they came out with Michael P.S. Hayes. Well, they were the Hardy Boys. Oh, that was it. And, and they just they dressed alike, and they had the the weird pants and stuff. And and um, Michael Hayes came out with the weird pants on too. They all dressed basically the same. And that was their, they, the they best all, way to get anybody over is to get old Michael Hayes as the manager. <laughs> they should have, they should bring him back. Wouldn't that be great? I would love that. Michael P.S. Hayes in like some some triple XL Hardy pants and like <laughs> they a, should a big a big like like a, a big red hat. I mean, that's how you do Matt Hardy being broken in WWE is he cycles through all of his old gimmicks first because he's doing that on Twitter right now. Yeah, he's some days he's version one, some days he's Matt Fax Matt Hardy, some days he's Team Extreme Hardy, and some days he's broken. So yeah, bring back Michael Hayes, bring back Lita. A day in the life of Matt Hardy. Well, must maybe be a not. Really fascinating thing. Maybe not bring back Lita. Have they made up yet? Are they friends? Sure. Okay. Um, You know, it can be a working relationship. Sure. Um, Okay, so you're going with the Hardy Boys. Yeah. I'll go with the Hardy Boys, too. Not too exciting. just makes no sense to do do anything else. Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho for the WWE US title. And uh, if Jericho wins, he'll be transferred to SmackDown. I see no reason to transfer Jericho to SmackDown. I think the longest odds on this entire card were Jericho were for Jericho winning. He doesn't need to win. He's going on tour soon. That every, seems ev- to be the case. Yeah, every week it feels like it gets pushed back. His his exit date because we all thought he was going to leave months and months ago. We thought he was going to leave after WrestleMania. We thought not that long ago. No, but I mean before that. Yeah. Like, we oh thought, yeah, sure. Yeah, there were there were so many opportunities for him to to, to leave, and he hasn't. Um, but I don't see the benefit of him going to SmackDown, and I don't see the benefit of him having the belt, uh, unless they want to run this back a third time and then have him drop the belt. I just don't. No, I, it seems like Jer- uh, Owens has this thing going on in SmackDown right now. Yeah, he's gonna feud he, with AJ Styles, have the, the greatest challenge. matches in the history of mankind. Yeah. Um, and Baron Corbin will be there, and Sami Zayn will be there. And yep. Well, it'll be a grand old time. Um, I really, I mean, SmackDown's been really great. Yeah, but it's it's uh, everybody's favorite show. They I really have, did just double down on like the good SmackDown stuff at the brand split, and it's 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 going to be really. I mean, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's 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 the show where anything is possible, and Raw feels like the show where you sort of know where everything is going. I think the, the turn of phrase I would use is like, if SmackDown is the show where anything is possible, then Raw is the show where like everything is possible and everything keeps happening because it's three hours long. <laughs> right. All of the things will happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Kevin Owens is the safe bet here to keep the belt, continue doing the open challenge and working in the anti-American gimmick. Um, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. Now this match has... I think a sneaky chance of being really exceptional and also a big chance of just being like a sit on the whoopee cushion. Like it could be, it could not be good. What, what I think we've noticed a lot with the, the brand shakeup, this superstar shakeup to use the appropriate term. Appreciate that. Since they're subsidizing this podcast, they, they Thanks, appreciate pal. that too. Um, I think, You've started to see how some of these workers don't have chemistry together immediately because they haven't worked together as much. Like, if you put Sasha Banks and Charlotte in a ring together, they're going to have at least a three-star match because they just know how to do it with each other. Did we talk about this last week? That I was like, the the year that Sasha and Charlotte have had, or the, the every match they've had since they came up to the main roster deserves all of the credit that it gets all the yeah. respect that it gets but it's yeah i mean they've been working together their entire careers yep. you know and and alexa bliss and bailey have not exactly they work together in nxt yeah but not to the extent and the degree that charlotte and sasha yeah have and, and will continue to have throughout their career and sometimes people just have chemistry together and sometimes people don't i think if this match were happening if this match were happening a year ago, if the if they both got called up to have a match on the main roster, I would probably be like incredibly excited and 
expecting it to be like a four star match. But you know, Bailey's had her ups and downs. Alexa, I think, has been incredibly solid. Like she's, her work on SmackDown was really, really good. She's but it's a lot of it's mic work and yeah. you know, it's Bailey's like got about nine inches on her, so there's a weird like size thing. These are two workers who have not had their signature match on pay-per-view yet. I don't think Bailey and Charlotte had a ton of chemistry together. Um, I don't think Bailey's had a great match since she's come to Raw. Well, so are they just waiting on Bailey and deploying trigger on Bailey, Bailey and Sasha? <sighs> He'll turn or no because they know the, the quality of Matt. Like, are we at this point? Is WWE like? Is there a chalkboard where they're saying like we're going to get Bailey versus Sasha in the greatest match of all time at SummerSlam, and they're just trying to like figure out how to like bide time until we get there? Potentially, um, you always want to save your best matches for your biggest shows, at least in wrestling logic, typically. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the thinking is there. Um, this is an interesting feud to do in the meantime because Alexa Bliss is, can can take up a lot of the slack verbally. For Charlotte, that what for Charlotte or for no, Sasha for Bailey. We're oh, talking about Alexa feud. and Bailey. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. I think because you don't, you can't rely on Bailey to give a five star promo. We've learned that now. Um, They've also also just been putting her in a weird spot. You know, she doesn't need to be a promo. She doesn't be, need to be cutting promos all the time. Right. And they just had to have her come out and give her like, this is a, my lifelong dream that we I finally it. won the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, like Bailey is better at showing that by just smiling than anybody else on the roster. That's yeah. what. Anyway, enough complaining. I actually am looking forward to this match, and I think it's going to be really good. I hope so. I, I'm not sold on it because I just haven't loved Bailey's in ring work lately but that could just be because she has not been working with people that she has a ton of chemistry with um i think it remains to be seen Um, this is the moment where it changes i'm gonna be i'm I'm gonna be really optimistic about this i hope they have a lot of chemistry um i (laughs) also i'm just interested in alexa i just think that she has the potential to be an enormous star she's a smart mark favorite already um she's like the female braun Strowman. Not that she's going around destroying people like Braun Strowman, but there's just a groundswell of cult appreciation for her. Yeah, for and what she definitely she has a very old school style to her, just like Braun Strowman. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a throwback, and she's definitely like enormous. So <laughs> she's they huge. Have that in common. Uh, if I had to pick somebody to win this match, I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with Alexa Bliss here. I I was gonna say Alexa Bliss, but let us not forget this is payback. This is not a significant moment in pay-per-view. But that's another reason to do a, a sneaky heel win. But I don't, I, don't, I don't hate the idea, but I do think that, like, I don't know. I just don't think there's, like, we've talked about this before. Like, pay-per-views don't even matter anymore. You know? Like, it's all, like, the pay-per-views are basically for building up Raw. Like, why not just have this match go no contest and have Alexa win tomorrow night or the next night? But let me, let me throw another wrinkle into this. This is taking place in San Jose, California. Uh-huh. The SAP Center, as we mentioned. One of the great venues in wrestling sure. history. Bailey's from San Jose, California. Wow. What does WWE love to do more than anything? Make you job in your hometown. Yeah. Now, granted, you know, that didn't happen with Naomi at WrestleMania. But that's WrestleMania. Charlotte jobbed in her hometown to Sasha. Sasha jobbed in Boston the last time they were in Boston. When I you believe. said Charlotte jobbed in her hometown, did you deliberately not say Charlotte? Because yeah, Because it would have been confusing? <laughs> yeah, that's why they built her from the Queen City. Yeah. They don't build her from Charlotte. Exactly. This is like talking about Kevin Owens' child on yeah. television. It's impossible. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think you go with, with Alexa here because, one, it makes the most sense for more stories. Uh, two, it legitimizes her as a top heel taking over for Charlotte on the roster. And just from, you know, history in WWE, they're not against having you job out in your hometown. No, I, I agree. I don't know what order this card's going to go on in, but um, this is listed. Well, I don't, I guess this is, yeah, I have no idea what order this card's going to go on in. If this were, say, second to last, I'm, my guess is the outcome will have something will have some relationship to the outcome of the next match we're going to discuss, um, which is Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. 
this is without without question the main event. I think I this was goes actually on last. saving it as the ironic main event, and then only like only did it occur to me that this is the main event. We haven't seen Roman Reigns in two weeks, uh, so his return is going to be played up as a huge deal. Um, it's been the main. Are you event. surprised that he didn't jump out of the dumpster I, on Monday night? I was sort of surprised he wasn't there to like. Don't spoil it. I like that they're saving it for the pay per view. I like that they're not hot shotting him back onto the show right away. That it adds some anticipation for his his return and his appearance. And you know, granted, a lot of fans are not excited about his return. Yeah, but- I just find it hard to imagine that he's not. I think they're booking it exactly right. But I but I just feel so sure that like fans are going to be more eager than ever to boo him because they've had to wait for three weeks to do it. I mean, it, it is what it is, and he's going to get booed no matter what. You're not there, There's there's a, there's a train of thought in, in wrestling fandom that, oh, you know, if they if they just booked him a certain way, yeah, you're right. he'd be a baby face and people would love him. I don't, I think we're past that point. I think now it's just like people have decided to hate him in the way that people decided to hate John Cena. And then people decided to love Braun Strowman. Exactly. I wrote about Braun Strowman this week on TheRinger.com. And the reason why I wrote it, because I was trying to figure out sort of for myself why it was working. Um, we talked about it on the podcast a little bit last week. Uh, with the Lucas brothers and like, why do you think it worked? Like, why, why is this working and no, and, and it doesn't, I think there's a lot of kind of deep psychological reasons why this is working. I think the surface ones are very important. He's just a big, awesome dude and it's fun to watch him do it. Um, and it helps that he's going against Roman Reigns. I mean, that's helped him a whole lot. If in the, if Roman Reigns didn't exist, I think we'd probably see Braun Strowman as this, what we hate about Roman Reigns. But I also think that it's like in the in the way that we rate the way that we smart marks rate wrestlers, the way that, you know, we he is so off the chart in the wrong direction. Um, and I think well, let me circle back around to that. Point number one is this. His debut as a little Wyatt ex machina was so bad. And it, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened, but it was just so like eye roll inducing that I think that from the moment he showed up, he became an underdog. And that's what made it okay for us to root for him. Like the way, like his debut was so underwhelming and it didn't seem like he wasn't getting this like monster push. I mean, he came in as a monster, but it just seemed like closer to the gobbledygooker than to like Roman Reigns, right? And it was just like, okay, this. And that sort of psychologically allowed nerds like us to, to go all in on him yeah. because we thought it was he's an underdog. Like right. the, I, the, the chances of this working out, look at all the monsters in wrestling history. Like the ones that actually like, the, you know, there's only one Undertaker for a reason. You know, there's one Andre the Giant. And that's before the modern era that he became that famous. You know, the odds are seems so un, it seems so unlikely that, that Bra- the Braun Strowman experiment would ever amount to anything that he became our like metaphorical underdog. He's not Daniel Bryan, but he kind of is, you know. And so we just like love watching this stuff happen. I think the bigger point is that there is a sort of like self-awareness or like self like masochism that he represents so much of what we hate about wrestling that we're just like he's like I wrote in the piece like we're the we we are the territorial era baby faces and he's the monster heel coming into <laughs> town to kick our asses and it's great. Like he's the fact that he is so not Kevin Owens or Finn Balor or Seth Rollins or whoever, like AJ Styles, that's what's so great about it. He just because def- he, he's just rubbing it in our faces. I think it's, I think it's also you know partially because he's a heel, and when a babyface is unstoppable, it's no fun for anybody. That's a good point. But when you get to watch a guy who with that southern accent and that big beard and just like his his general attitude of being uh, unstoppable, it's more fun when he's beating up little baby faces. When he's beating up James Ellsworth or Kalisto or yeah. Sami Zayn. There's there's something appealing and amusing about it in a classic wrestling sense. And so if you made Roman Reigns a heel tomorrow, and he went around doing stuff like that. It wouldn't be quite the same organic affection that Strowman got, but it would be more palatable. And that's what we're, we're saying when we say Roman Reigns should be a heel, is that you've set him up to be unstoppable. You're not giving him much vulnerability, uh, say for <laughs> getting uh, destroyed by Braun Strowman and uh, knocked over in an ambulance, but just in the little tiny ways that he... Uh, carries himself and works a match 
you know he's not losing and you know that he's he's a super superhero i would be able to stomach that more if he was a heel it would be yeah. more fun for the macho wrestling fan to watch him squash pe- people that way well i mean i think we talk a lot about faces and heels and we always will because we're analyzing pro wrestling but i do think that there's you know, when you hear people say like we're in the post heel and face era, it's it's on a match by match basis. Like somebody's got to work heel, somebody's got to work baby face, at least to some extent. But yeah, I mean, look at in real life, like there's no baby faces in the UFC, right? You know, the one the, the, we, there's just heels that we cheer for. You know, Conor McGregor is the biggest heel in the world, but he's like everybody's favorite fighter. You know, I mean, and that, I think that that's sort of what you're getting at. It's it, we, it doesn't. Cheering or booing for people is not necessarily a reflection of like you know the call and response anymore. You know, right. so anyway, um, all of that is to say that uh, I really hope Braun Strowman, the greatest wrestler in WWE, wins on Sunday. Um, I think that it's all set up for him to win. One that he took the loss to Kalisto. You know, that would be the, the normal booking would be that he would lose in a tag team match to Roman Reigns and then win. You know, at the pay per view, I think that that was his loss. He's gonna get it. He's gonna get get a win on Sunday, and Roman Reigns is probably gonna show up with a you know his arm in a sling, so it's not gonna be a fair fight. So he won't get, you know, the the in wrestling logic, he'll save some face that way. Um, is there a stipulation in this match? It's a really good question. I think it's a House of Horrors match. <laughs> I think it's a, a coal miner's glove match. Uh, no, it's just listed as a singles match right now. Wikipedia might be wrong. Uh, it might not be up to date. I don't know, man. I think this match has the potential to be really fun. All of this baggage aside, like, it'll be very interesting to see how Roman Reigns does. Um, His match against Undertaker wasn't, like, a clinic, but, like, it was a totally respectable match for what he had to work with, and he has a lot more to work with in in Braun Strowman. Um, Strowman's, you know, a physical freak. Not Again, not exactly a technician, but... (laughs) But uh, but he can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, and so. both of those guys have put on really good power based matches in the right. last few months. So what we get, so what we get to see now is if Roman Reigns has the repertoire to like to call the match and to and to make Braun Strowman look good as people other people have made Roman Reigns look. Yeah, we always want Roman to bump more. At least I do, uh, and to bump believably, and to sell his injuries, and to not seem impervious to pain. And this is a great opportunity for him to really stretch um, stretch out those muscles and, and show us that he can do it. Because if you're going to bump for anybody, it's going to be Braun Strowman. If you're going to bump, bump for anybody, it's Braun Strowman. Jim, can that just be that's that should be like our mantra on the show now? It's deep. Very deep. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Is there any news that we need to talk about this week? Wait, who do you have? Who do you have? I, I have Braun Strowman. I'm saying it before you say it, so I don't feel like I'm just copying. I'm going to take time. Roman Reigns, dog. Really? Yep dog as in like the big dog the big dog this is his yard you're a dog and this is your yard. oh man i i, I don't have much of a yard in my house but if i did i would just get along you own more. a house and there is a yard yeah but it's, it's not, like there's, there's like rocks in the yard yeah there's it's 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 wood chips there's no grass but i want to like mow there's my plants though mow like, my lawn with my shirt off and have my wife take a picture and just you know the caption be this is my yard now but it's too late. Except it's in cursive. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a postcard. Exactly. The, uh, Welcome to my yard. This is the greatest humble brag about house ownership I've ever heard in my life. I didn't bring up the fact that I owned it. It could have been a, a rental. Yeah, well, I know. You're the one I'm putting the one you're me talking on, to, you're the one and I know the truth blast, here, all right? Um, all right, let me just do a couple Twitter questions, because we always promise, and sometimes we don't do it. So first question is from at the Ian McCartney he asked, is it just me or does an Italia Carmela Tamina stable seem like it fits really, really well? I mean, it's happening. Is that, well, I, mean, I think he's just asking, does it work? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think so, yeah. We need, we, need more, we need more stables in the women's division. You got a talker, you've got a sidekick in Natalia, and you've got the muscle. And then you've got the, the beauty and the brains in James Ellsworth. Perfect That's stable. True. Yeah. Uh, the way, man, Ellsworth, if Ellsworth were anybody else, can you imagine just the from the high that he was at to where he is now imagine like we shouldn't wrestling twitter just be screaming that he's getting jobbed or he's getting buried right now <laughs> yeah he was literally anyone else maybe um at simon c said asks which one is better braun dumpster dropping Kalisto or new age outlaws pushing mick foley and terry funk off the stage well first of all kudos since i haven't said it before kudos to wwe for finding um 
a worthy like third part in the Braun Strowman gets goes viral trilogy. The dumpster match was everything I dreamed it would be, and him pushing pushing over the uh, the dumpster was wonderful. Um, but which one was worse, that or the uh, New Age Outlaws one? Mm-hmm. God, the New Age Outlaws was the scariest thing I'd that ever seen. That was terrifying. In life. Yeah, like even if that. Like, the first time you see anything like that, like, I remember watching it saying, like, even if that thing is filled with, like, you know, start, like, like soft peanuts, foam, yeah. that's still crazy. Yeah. Nothing will beat any bump that Mick Foley and Terry Funk have taken in their careers. Taken together. Yeah. All right, last one. Do you think they hugged when they were in there together? That's a really good question. Probably not, bro. It's probably the right move, though, right? Yeah, and they're, like, laying so they'd land on their feet. That's yeah, how I would do it. Well, now you're, you're just ruining it for me. Why don't you just tell me wrestling's fake? <laughs> it's fake. Um, okay, last one. At B Molina, WSU, he asked, thoughts on Rollins' finisher? Seems like he copied Okada and Omega. He's too talented. Use God's last gift or the Phoenix Splash. I'm I, of two minds on this because on one hand, finishers uh, from promotion to promotion – uh, don't really have a, a trademark on them. You know, you think back to Jake Roberts and the Freebirds. Jake Roberts was throwing DDTs in WWF. The Freebirds were throwing DDTs in Crockett. Yeah. And no one complained. Each each person, uh, each promotion would promote that person as the master of the DDT. When in reality, they were both doing them and they were both finishes. Um, you know, multiple people doing diamond cutters. Uh, you got DDP who did it, and then Randy Orton started doing it while DDP was still in the in WWE. Randy I, Orton was there using it at the same time. If I I could be wrong about the timing, but I'm pretty sure that they were still in the, the company together. Randy Orton was it Orton in the company when DDP was around? No, because DDP must have been gone. Because remember, Orton said he asked permission or oh, something. Oh yeah, like that. you're right. But but the the correlation is the diamond cutter and the stunner. It's like those two moves are very similar, and those were happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, you can also do like the sharpshooter and the scorpion deathlock. Like there right. were a lot. There, there's a certain like just synchronicity to this, where like two things. It's like when uh, when ants and the what were the two ant movies that came out of the ants same time? and a bug's life. Was it a bug's life? Yeah. All right. Uh, there was uh, and Armageddon then there was, and, and then, Deep Impact. Yeah, exactly. These, these, White everything, House everything down. happens in twos. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like it's just uh, it's nitpicking. I understand Omega being upset about it. Is he upset? I missed. He this was whole thing. he was tweeting some stuff, but it also could have been kayfabe. Like, oh, I'm mad. Here's the thing. I know this doesn't follow actual wrestling logic, so this is not like your kayfabe answer. But let's just be slightly realistic about this. If wrestling were real, there's no trademark on a move. Right. You do a special move because you can do it slightly better than everybody else, and you make it hurt a little bit more. Yeah. But there's no in like in reality, there's no reason why everybody can't kick to the person in the head. That thing would hurt. Maybe someone's got a really special kick, or maybe someone like Roman Reigns is a really particularly hard punch if he does it the right way. Most people can do it, you know. And if Kenny Omega signs with WWE and they want to have like a finishing move contest, then like that's your gimmick, right? Yeah, and, and wrestlers always say, you know, it's it's not about the move, it's about the flavor that you add to it. And, you know, Austin adding the kick to the stomach to the ace crusher made that his own and it's special. It's true. WWE's done actually I mean, it's been a huge disservice they've done just by like by making only one you know, one only one person's allowed to do each move. Yeah. Like, there's some things that are just little, like, gimmicky things. Like, I don't mind them making Ambrose stop doing the cannonball because KO was coming in. Like, that that's a thing that happened, and that makes sense because it's just like Kevin Owens doing that move is just a different thing. And it's and it's cool because it's, it's cool just to see him do that, you know, if you can visually do it. But at the same time, like, you know... I didn't. When I was a kid, I liked like Hercules versus Billy Jack Haynes in the Battle of the Full Nelsons. Like who? Like who has a problem with this? I thought it was just a bad match. <laughs> Hercules versus Billy Jack Haynes. Yeah, no one was. Well, neither of them could like bend their legs. But yeah, I mean, it was. It was. But to me, as a kid, that was. Didn't awesome. Hercules end up doing the same? That same match with uh, the Warlord in WWF. Like did they? they did a Battle of the Full Nelsons there too. I could be wrong. But a lot of people were doing the Full Nelson. That goes to your original point. There's just so much more. Um, it's funny, in all those battles of the Full Nelsons, nobody figured out the just, like, punch your opponent's knuckles trick that every everybody <laughs> learns when their brother has them in a Full Nelson. I think there's just so much more, uh, you know, creativity in in wrestling, in, in, in movesets, 
that there's more of an, a belief in the trademarking of a move. That said, my original point stands. People do different moves and different promotions. If Seth Rollins had to have the finishing move of that, a finishing move that exists, let's say a finishing move from our childhood, WWF in the 80s and 90s, whose finishing move should he steal? 80s or 90s. Um, At any point prior to the modern era. Oh, man. Ricky Steamboat crossbody. I was actually going to say, what if he just did a boring crossbody? Like, people would hate on that so much. But that was one of the most awesome high spots in the day. Is, oh, I yeah, would pop absolutely. for the crossbody. Or another one that I would enjoy from him would be Macho Man's elbow drop. I think, I think by the way, Bailey should be doing that as her finish. Instead of the to, Bailey to Belly, I which totally is agree. just one of That's the lamest finish. finishes in wrestling. Ambrose is so Ambrose sort of has the elbow drop on lock now if we're only letting one person do each thing. Yeah, but that's just a high spot anybody can do. It's not like the oh, cannibal. I agree. I, that, I don't think, I don't abide by this logic. I think I think the macho elbow is a good one. Yeah, people did elbow drops when macho was doing them. They just weren't a finish because macho man wasn't doing it. If macho man does it, then it's a finish. That's totally true. Man, he was the best. Yeah. Let's just stop talking about WWE. From now on, this podcast is only about Macho Man and Rowdy Roddy Piper. We'll, we do, we'll do Mr. Perfect like once every two months. We got to start talking about old school wrestling on this show more. We're going to do it. This is, that's, it's so much more fun. It is. Just going to watch Mid-South matches and just uh, try and see if Jim, our producer, has any idea what's going on. If it on. was up to Jim, we'd just watch ECW all the time, right, Jim? Absolutely. Better than Finn Balor's finishing move, which what? you didn't bring up. Jim uh, Jim came out for those for the listeners. It's the worst. Jim came out really strong against Finn. Or you're on the mic. You're on mic, right? Yeah. Finn, he, Jim came out so strongly against Finn Balor's finisher. I love Finn Balor's. Finn finisher. Balor's finisher. He looks like a superhero when you, he's doing you, that you crouch know, thing. He's jumping onto his feet. It's like when you jump off a couch when you're, you're a little kid. Your, your point. You're landing on two feet. Your he does point nothing. is first of all, no, it's because so you have to land without actually putting any weight on what you're landing on. Yeah, without killing the guy. I, I can't even do the thing where I like step, a, like eh. put a foot on somebody and then like walk over them so that it doesn't hurt them. I'm not coordinated enough to do that. You're missing. You're you're, you're confusing the simplicity of the move for a lack of difficulty in performing the move or well, a lack your of believability that it wouldn't that it hurt. hurt in real it life your point is that it's so not impressive bad. to jump off the top rope onto your feet exactly yes it, it just is. doesn't look good so the it's same not, move if he weak. like jumped off and like did a flip and landed on his head you'd be impressed yes would you rather he even dro- if he d- just did a flip and landed on his feet on the guy that would you rather he drops like a, a leg on him he just jumps up and just lands on he does nothing I mean, if he did a forward flip and into the stomp, that could be the greatest thing I've ever seen. Somebody would die. All right. This is just a bad take, Jim. I'm sorry. If you would come to me, it is a terrible take. If you would come to me and said you hated the name of his finishing move, I could have said. What is it called? The coup de gras? Yeah, I hate that too. Yeah. (laughs) You're just a fool, man. You're just a fool. He's not French. He's Irish, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's Irish. He's a man of the world. He's an international male. He's European. If he was here right now, I swear to God. He wouldn't say anything. Yeah. He'd be in makeup. The, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, um, all right. But if you had to rename it, maybe if just a better name, then it no, would go No, the Coup de Gras is a cool name. I mean, it's, I guess it feels very internet. I would just, why not, why not call it like the Hell Stomp or something? Is that a band? Probably. Call it the Last Kiss. I, I don't know why you would call it that. Oh, it's a perfectly fine name, but we got to get out of here, don't we? Oh, look who's yeah, stealing my gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can start to say chicanery if you want, as much as you want. Uh, that's okay. You can, uh, you, you, can, you can say that because there's plenty of room in this world for two guys uh, doing DDTs, and there's plenty of room in this world for two guys saying we got to get out of here. We do got to get out of here. Um, thanks, Jim, for staying late on this Wednesday night and recording us in this weird warehouse and parts unknown. Mm-hmm. Dave, thanks for all your help today and in life and for hey, no being problem, such bud. a true friend. No problemo, pal. And, uh, I gave you a ride today, so you're welcome. Yeah, now you have to drive me home. Fun. Thanks for that drive. Apologies to Dean Ambrose. Enjoy payback, humanoids. <laughs>